Welcome to day 261 of Shaped by the Word, season two of the drama of Scripture. We're making the transition this week from the prophets uh, to the New Testament. And of course, the prophets uh, prepare us for the New Testament. They are the bridge between uh, the Old Testament and, and, and the New Testament, between the unfaithfulness of Israel and the coming one who has been deeply faithful you know, to the purposes of God. So we're coming to Ezekiel chapter 36, and Ezekiel was one who was part of the tumult of seeing the judgment and the fall of Israel. Uh, he lived during the time of exile while Isaiah is looking from a distance, and while Jeremiah is looking, you know, in, in the early part of his ministry from the distance, Ezekiel was right in the middle of the exile. So as you read through the entire book, and we've just done selected readings, uh, you, you see the rhythm of judgment and restoration. God speaks of the certain judgment uh, that he will bring on his people for their conduct, but he also speaks of restoration. And we come to 36. This is uh, my favorite uh, expression mm-hmm. of what we will call the, the, the new covenant. We've seen it in Isaiah. We've seen it in Jeremiah, the pouring out of God's spirit, the changing of the heart, and the disposition of God's people. So you uh, see here, uh, not only uh, the expression of the new covenant, but you also see new creation yeah. uh, in atones as well mm-hmm. as we read through it. So we're in uh, Ezekiel chapter 36. Father, we thank you for what you have done in us in Christ. We thank you for the beautiful expression that we find here in Ezekiel of your restoration, not only of, of, of your people, but of all creation. And Father, we uh, thank you that uh, Paul could say that uh, new creation has begun in us. As we read this, Father, may you enlarge our vision of who you are and what you desire to do in and through us. It's in your holy name we pray. Mm-hmm. Amen. Ezekiel 36. Son of man, prophesy to the mountains of Israel and say, Mountains of Israel, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. The enemy said of you, Ha ha. The ancient heights have become our possession. Therefore prophesy and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says, because they ravaged and crushed you from every side so that you became the possession of the rest of the nations and the objects of people's malicious talk and slander. Therefore mountains of Israel hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to the mountains and the hills, to the ravines and the valleys, to the desolate ruins and the deserted towns that have been plundered and ridiculed by the rest of the nations around you. This is what the sovereign Lord says. In my burning zeal I have spoken against the rest of the nations and against all Edom, for with glee and with malice in their hearts they made my land their own possession, so that they might plunder it as pasture land. Therefore prophesy concerning the land of Israel and say to the mountains and the hills, to the ravines and the valleys, this is what the sovereign Lord says, I speak in my jealous wrath because you have suffered the scorn of the nations. Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says, I swear with uplifted hand that the nations around you will also suffer scorn. But you, mountains of Israel, will produce branches and fruit for my people Israel, for they will soon come home. I am concerned for you and will look on you with favor. You will be plowed and sown, and I will cause many people to live on you. Yes, all of Israel. The towns will be inhabited and the ruins rebuilt. I'll increase the number of people and animals living on you, and they'll be fruitful and they'll become numerous. I'll settle people on you as in the past, and I'll make you prosper more than before. Then you will know that I am the Lord. I'll cause people, my people, Israel, to live on you. They will possess you, and you will be their inheritance. You will never again deprive them of their children. This is what the sovereign Lord says, because some say to you, you devour people and deprive 
your nation of its children. Therefore, you will no longer devour people or make your nation childless, declares the sovereign Lord. No longer will I make you hear the taunts of the nations, and no longer will you suffer the scorn of the people or cause your nations to fall, declares the sovereign Lord. Again, the word of the Lord came to me, son of man. When the people of Israel were living in their own land, they defiled it by their conduct and their actions. Their conduct was like the woman's monthly uncleanness in my sight. So I poured out my wrath on them because they had shed blood in the land and because they had defiled it with their idols. I dispersed them among the nations, and they were scattered through the countries. I judged them according to their conduct and their actions. And wherever they went among the nations, they profaned my holy name. For it was said of them, These are the Lord's people, and yet they had to leave the land. I had concern for my holy name, which the people of Israel profaned among the nations where they had gone. Therefore say to the Israelites, This is what the sovereign Lord says. It is not for your sake, people of Israel, that I'm doing people of Israel, that I'm doing these things, but for the sake of my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations where you have gone. I will show the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, the name you have profaned among them. The nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the sovereign Lord, when I am proved holy through you before their eyes. For I'll take you out of the nations, and I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back into your own land. I'll sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I'll give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I'll remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh, and I'll put my spirit in you uh, and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Then you will live in the land I gave your ancestors. You will be my people, and I will be your God. I'll save you from all your uncleanness. I will call for the grain and make it plentiful and will not bring famine upon you. I'll increase the fruit of the trees and the crops of the fields so that they will no longer suffer disgrace among the nations because of famine. Then you will remember your evil ways and wicked deeds, and you will loathe yourselves for your sins and your detestable practices. I want you to know that I'm not doing this for your sake, declares the Sovereign Lord. Be ashamed and disgraced for your conduct, people of Israel. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. On the day I cleanse you from all of your sins, I'll resettle your towns, and the ruins will be rebuilt. The desolate land will be cultivated instead of lying desolate in the sight of all who pass through it. They will say, This land that was laid waste has become like the Garden of Eden. The cities that were lying in ruins, desolate and destroyed, are now fortified and inhabited. Then the nations around you will, uh, that remain will know that I am the Lord, have rebuilt what was destroyed and have replanted what was desolate. I, the Lord, have spoken, and I will do it. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Once again, I will yield to Israel's plea and do this for them. I will make their people as numerous as sheep, as numerous as the flocks for offerings at Jerusalem during their appointed festivals. So will the ruined cities be filled with flocks of people. Then they will know that I am the Lord. So you have the restoration of both people and, and of and of land. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only is the uh, are the people restored to to a place with God where they will know God and have God's Spirit in them, but the land will also mm-hmm. flourish under the blessing and the blessing of the Lord, which is is a is a portrait of the new heavens and, and the new earth. Uh, but you know, beyond that, it's also just a portrait of the peace and the shalom and the prosperity, you know, that that God had for Israel. In, in the land mm-hmm. uh, you know, in, in which they forfeited because of uh, their lack of faithfulness to him. Yeah. You also have, I, I love the image of um, the Lord's name 
you know, being restored as well. The, the people of Israel, they get cast out of the land. He says, you, you had no concern for my name. You continued to profane my name. You dwelt with idols. Even the people are saying, well, they cast him out of the land. And, and yet the Lord says that, you know, I will show you the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, the name you have profaned among them. You know, then the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the sovereign Lord. I mean, what, what a great image. You know, the Lord is going to act on, you know, on the behalf of his name. Yeah. And then he gives you, that kind of ushers us into that great new covenant promise, you know. And, and so we see that, you know, why does the Lord act? You know, he acts on behalf of his name, you know, for his glory. And, and under that, you know, we begin to find great joy right. and great promises. And he reminds of three times within the passage, I'm not, I'm not doing this for you, yeah. not because of who you are. Uh, not because of your character. I'm doing this for the sake of, sake of my name. And I, I remember, you know, uh, listening to, a, you know, a message you know by John Piper, you know, s- you know, several years ago. And the title of it is "God for us," or is he for himself? And, and his answer, you know, in the message was, the best way that God can be for us is to be for Himself mm-hmm. and to hold up the holiness of His name, mm-hmm. because we are the ones who benefit uh, mm-hmm. when we come into a relationship yeah. uh, of a God who is jealous for His name. And uh, so you have that, you know, you have that picture here as well. And of course, you see the picture that God is, mm-hmm. the benefits of God's jealousy are all accrued to his people as, yeah. they're, as they're restored, as their land is restored, as their fortunes are, are restored. And, yeah. and how we just have so much, we can have so much assurance in all of that, you know. I mean, it's said numerous times throughout this passage, you know, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I mean, over and over and over again, that this is not just some small g god talking this is the sovereign god over all things and i even love at the end of 31 you know i the lord have spoken and i will do it after we get these great promises mm-hmm. not only of him restoring his name and and and, and restoring his holiness but you yeah, have the benefits that we graciously receive you know and so there is a, such a assurance that comes in the light of this passage from for the for the believer mm-hmm. In, in verse 30, where it says, I will increase the fruit of the trees, the crops of the field, so that you will no longer suffer disgrace among the nations because of famine. Then you will remember your evil ways and wicked deeds, and you will loathe yourselves for your sins and detestable practices. And it just reminds me of the New Testament verse that, you yep. know, it is God's kindness that leads us to repentance. And sometimes we think that God is harsh and that, you know, he... Um, well, and he does discipline, but it is his kindness, you know, when we realize, whoa, I did not do this and I did not deserve it, that we turn. So, God is never acting in judgment when he is not acting in, in, in mercy. All of his uh, attributes are uh, all active all, all the time. Yeah. And, and so there is, uh, you know, for us, we, we, uh, we, we kind of are, our anger, you know, sometimes stands alone, and our mercy sometimes stands alone, and they're, they're 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 kind of individual, kind of little traits that we have with God. They're complete, they're whole. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're they're unified, and they are working together. Of course, the New Testament passage I was reminded of was the one you know where Paul says, you know, speaking of your past shame, what benefit did you receive at the time from the things you're now ashamed of? Mm-hmm. And, and of course, many of us, you know, many of us have categories in our lives, and we look back. And we realize the the extent, you know, that our lack of faithfulness to God, you know, can can lead us. And uh, we have moments of which, you know, if we had the, the world famous, you know, do over, mm-hmm. you know, so many things that we mm-hmm. would not have done. Mm-hmm. You gotta love all the wonderful promises too. You know, I will mm-hmm. 
put clean water on you. I will cleanse you from all your impurities. I will give you a new heart, put a new spirit in you, remove from you the heart of stone, give you a heart of flesh, put my spirit in you, cause you to follow my decrees. It's like we've been waiting for this so long in the story, you know, of just seeing time and time again the, the people failing and the people failing. And then to, to get this wonderful promise of God to the people that he's going to do this great thing in them that they can never do on their own is just a beautiful look into the, the new covenant. So our failure is inherent with who we are. You know, we are people. Uh, we, we, we don't necessarily, you know, gravitate, you know, to the you know, kind of the reform, you know, doctrine of total depravity. But we are, you know, a people who are uh, completely infected by our sin and even our even our you know best attempts to rise above our sin fall woefully short you know of the glory of God you know that He created us for and, and for us to deal decisively with sin needs a, to be a a work of God not a work that we can do on our own and it begins with cleansing and uh, this is kind of the uh, kind of it's not kind of it's the best description of uh, you know the uh, the biblical or the I guess systematic you know theology category of regeneration that God makes us new. He doesn't simply forgive our sins, but he does a deep work in us to enable us to be his people. And it results with a desire for the things of God. Mm-hmm. And that's you know a picture you have. And so our salvation, as we say this often, is not simply a transaction in which we secure our eternal future. It's a transformation uh, in which God, by his spirit, um, brings us into new creation. Mm-hmm. So if anyone is in Christ, Paul could say, new creation has come, or they are, you know, new new creation. David, do you mind closing us with a word of prayer? No, let's pray. And Father, what a, what a wonderful grace that you would um, give us new birth and, and new life. Um, Father, thank you that with that comes new desires for the things of you. And so, Father, forgive us for the times that we... So we desire the things we want rather than the things you want. And we ask that in your grace, um, you would continue to work in us um, and, and make us to be a people who do follow you and are careful to keep uh, your laws and your commands. And in that, finding the joy we've been looking for all along. And so thank you for this deep work that you do in us. And um, we ask that we would live as your people um, for your glory and our joy. We pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.